Good evening, good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode... That sounded very formal, didn't it? It was like I was about to go, roll up, roll up! Let's be having you at the circus. This is episode 177 of the Edgy Futures podcast. Daniel Sun, it's just the two of us. I think I'm the, I'm the ever-present, consistent one, it seems like, at the moment. Stephen's off on his jollies with his wife and children, and hopefully they're having a great time. So it's just me and you, Daniel. It is, yeah. How are you doing? How's things going over in Lancashire? Yeah, in God's own country. It is absolutely average, um, is the way that I would ex- describe it right now. It is, it's all right. It's, a, it's fair to middling, as we might also say in the northern pubs. It's a, it's a little bit grey outside, but uh, life is good. It's almost a bank holiday weekend, and therefore, all is well in the world of the Whitakers. How is it up north in the, uh, the, the land near this, the Scottish border? That's, yeah, it's going well. Had a yeah, it's been a, it's as you know, uh, just getting out of COVID. Although a lot mm. of the symptoms are still there, uh, but no, it's good. Had a really good day actually. Um, interviewing for for various posts at uh, at work, um, and had a great meeting this afternoon. Don't say it, Dan. Don't drop <laughs> it in. I know you wanted to say who it was with, and and the, the guests in the background. You can't ask us. We're not allowed to tell you. It's a secret. Oh, like, I, to be honest, I just I tweeted about it this afternoon. So have it's, you? It, Why it's you out that? there. Oh because, damn! I thought that I, was a secret because it was a class meeting. Oh, but yeah, but I haven't linked it to anything else, which is where the, the secret would come in. This is sounding really cryptic now. I think you should tell us who it was. Then who did you meet today, Dan? No, I had a, a really nice uh, met for a couple of hours and had a coffee with a guy called Sugata Mitra, who uh, is a legend in terms of education. So. Yeah, if you search Sagata into YouTube, you'll find uh, his various TED Talks. Um, he's, I think he's probably most known for the hole-in-the-wall experiment in India where he literally just put computers in into walls um, in in slum areas and let the the kids there just get to start learning how to use them themselves. And so he's a big proponent of like project-based learning and does projects all over the world. So... Yeah, and I found out recently that he, he he literally lives in Gateshead, which is about a ten minute drive from where I am. So met up with him, had coffee, um, okay. talked philosophy, education. Uh, yeah, it was deep. It was it was a deep conversation. Yeah, for a, yeah. You, you just saying to me before um, that actually we're talking about why does your reflection look backwards in a mirror? That was the conversation. One of the conversations you were having, and why doesn't it no, look upside down? It was. It, well, he put this to me. He said, he said we all take for granted that our reflection is back to front all right in the mirror yeah. he said well why isn't it upside down it's a very good question why isn't it upside down mm. i want to i think we should put that to our guests when they come on yeah that's gonna be that's, that'll be the first question <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Love it. i can see them in the background now uh <laughs> oh, they've just left they've gone uh, oh, it's just <laughs> me and you Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but it's good. Yeah, and we've got some exciting news coming up that might involve Sagata. Who knows? Who knows, Dan? Who knows? Next week, next knows? few weeks. Watch next this few space. weeks. Good, good news. Yeah, um, and on that, uh, please make sure that you uh, keep in contact with us, subscribe to what we're doing. We're really grateful for those people that do listen um, and do subscribe and get our newsletter. That's my favourite bit at the moment, writing for our newsletter that goes out on a weekly basis in your inbox, 9am Saturday morning every week. Uh, find out what we're thinking about, what we're writing about, what we're talking about, what's going on in the world of the future of education. So all good in the hood. Yeah. Subscribe. Um, did you do the subscribe bit yet? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you? All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. have checked my phone while you were talking. The, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> Should we get on with it? Yeah, let, let, let's get on with it, indeed. <laughs> we bring our guests in? Yeah, let's go for it. So, welcome Edu- to the Edge Futures podcast to Sam and me. Hello. Thank you very much Hi. for having us. Mate, I think you're on mute. <laughs> That's a yes, terrible there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I forgot we were on on the, well, I forgot we were guests because I was enjoying your intro so much. <laughs> so first question, what why is it not upside down? <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> when you said you were going to ask us that, and I was like, um, I've got no idea. I was hoping that you guys would have got to the bottom of it. <laughs> did you not answer the question? When well, you we we did. I think. Well, we didn't 
get, get any official verification, but we kind of came to the conclusion that we it could be upside down, but because everything in the picture is would be upside down, you wouldn't know it. You were upside down. Does that makes sense. We, that's that's a conclusion we came to. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because if like if you if you are upside down, you would be upside down, and all your surroundings would be upside down. So you would it would just look like the right way up. Yes. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Yes. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Is that the weirdest? Is that the weirdest start to a podcast to an interview <laughs> that you, you have ever done? But it is. But it is. I didn't, so May's not having any of that. She's just looking at me like I'm, I'm just really now. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. That means that we've that we've achieved something. So, um, May, Sam, thank you for joining us. We know that you came to us as a contact through. Um, Mutual friend is probably a better friend to you than it is to us, although he's been nice to us. And we met him in real life. I met Dan. Did you know that I met him in real life? Did you? Yeah, I met him in real life at bet. I spoke to him. He came and had a conversation. We didn't do a selfie thing because I'm too cool for that. But um, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, we met Ed Kerwan from Empathy Week, um, which was, we, we loved interviewing Ed and championing a lot of the stuff that he did with Empathy Week. And I know that. You are friends with Ed. And he said, you need to get May and Sam on. Um, so if it's really good, Ed, well, you can take credit. And if it's really bad, Ed, you're not, we're not listening to any of your um, <laughs> recommendations ever again. So May, Sam, tell us a little bit about you. Um, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and and, uh, and and why you've come on the Edge Futures podcast today. Okay. Um, well... I guess a little bit about May and I, yeah. Um, so we go way back. May and I actually met at school when we were eight years old. So <laughs> well, that is decades, literally decades ago now. Um, and that's where our story kind of starts. Um, we were both, we bonded over the fact that we were both really creative kids. So we would kind of, you know, do lots of arts and crafts in our free time and do all of that stuff. And then as we got older, we um, began to get, you know, more career guidance and things like that. And then um, May ended up, she wanted to actually be a fashion designer when we were growing up. That was kind of her aspiration. I wanted to be a TV presenter. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and then May ends up being a chartered accountant and I ended up being in the tech startup world. So that's the kind of like background um of yeah what we're all about who we are but i've just spoken for may as well which i think is probably rude she'd probably <laughs> take her own story from here well yeah i think because you know eric what we do now is all around career education so a lot of it was was based on our own experience and for me personally um growing up in an asian family asian parents you know first generation immigrants they they only had three options for me which is accounting Lawyer, like being a lawyer or doctor and so when it came to my career I just had no options I didn't even know what was out there the fashion dream you know was squashed pretty early on and and then yeah was an accountant at the age of 21 and not enjoying life so Sam and I would meet up regularly as best friends do and just be like what had happened to to our you know career dreams and aspirations so yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah. So from being eight year old to to now um, being a, a Eric. So how did how did that come about then? So how did you did you just kind of decide? Well, our day to day jobs aren't aren't, aren't great. Shall we do something else? Or did it was it a bit more organic than that? How, let us know what happened. So yeah, I think we yeah we. It was always just a burning kind of, you know, um, thing in the back of our heads just to be like, we really want to help other young people because we know that other young people have felt the same way, especially in the creative, um, like creative individuals, creative thinkers. There's really not much uh, guidance at school, um, you know, just in general around the creative industries. So we've always, I guess, done like, we started a blog, you know, we we tried to host events and like tried to find people in the creative industries to like interview and just ask them, you know, how did they get into their jobs? So it was it was always like a side a side thing. Um, and then we decided to quit our jobs, <laughs> which just which sounds ludicrous. You know, I was on a good paying 
accountancy job that I'm sure many people would die for. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was made redundant, so <laughs> I was like, May, do you want to quit your well-paying job? Come and work with me. So well, it was actually a sign for us because we we've been doing stuff on the side, like I said, the blog, like the videos and all that stuff. And and then Sam, yeah, made, was made redundant, not because she wasn't very good. Happy <laughs> <laughs> at. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, to us that was a real, a real big sign because essentially Sam got a payout. Do you know what I mean? And like, you you suddenly had um, money that you could you could use to live on. And I had I had basically saved you know a couple of months, and we were we were like, yeah, let's just do it. This is the time we I think we were like twenty three, twenty three. Yeah. yeah, so like you know, no responsibilities. <laughs> risk we didn't care about risk you do know what I mean I'm sorry like taking all this risk and um we quit and then honestly we didn't have any income the magazine the blog we thought we were going to make advertising from the blog like honestly a ten, like less than 10 people were reading the blog <laughs> yeah. um and so we we basically had to to like work out what we could do to make money and Sam had done a bit of videography um, self-taught videography in her last job so we were like let's just do that and um, I, I actually learned everything from YouTube as well Sam also taught me a few things but um, yeah both self-taught videographers <laughs> and did that for like four years just just like paying the rent and bread and butter through that um, and then and then Eric kind of just came off the back of that we were just still kind of Try to work out what form it could be, um, and so yeah, we we basically became um, one of the UK's largest creative career festivals. So we originally started in the events in the event space. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so I've done a little bit of digging, um, and and obviously it was a blog. It was a it was um, it was a festival. Eric Fest, um, yeah. and then obviously it's evolved into being the app that it is now. Um, and first, first thing is, I suppose, when you've got what I've picked up in terms of the research that I've done, is that it's take it takes some amount of um, resilience to think. Ah, I really, I know there's something in this, but I need to pivot again. I need to pivot again. Yeah. I need to pivot again. And so, like, um, I think it was Churchill that said, um, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely ruin the, one of the greatest leaders this country's ever ever had." <laughs> but he said, he says something about um, success is going from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm, um, and uh, it's something like that. It's certainly about like moving from one setback to another without losing enthusiasm. How did you do that? Let's before we get into what Eric is and why it's important, because I think that's the that's a crux that we can take from this. Yeah, I think it's so true. Do you know, I think it's so interesting. May and I are constantly hearing about businesses that, you know, end up being really successful, um, but they've actually been going in the background for like 10, 20 years before they actually know, before everyone knows their name. And so I do think like perseverance <laughs> is like one of the most important attributes that you have to have as a founder of a business because you are not going to get it right the first time and actually I think um, what May and I have learned over time is having that flexibility with the business being able being able to and willing to pivot at any opportunity means that you are just like constantly learning more about your business the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same results and expecting different results and so in like it's the same theory with the business if you have the same model for a business and literally no one is resonating with it or it's not the right market or ever you have to change it you have to be flexible you have to pivot so 100 yeah. and when i hear the word pivot the only thing that goes in my mind is that friends episode but no you're absolutely right and i, I love that idea of um just that resilience and, and, and actually nobody was an overnight success worthy. It's very, very yeah. rare to see somebody like you think about me. This is really interesting actually, because you don't know that me and Dan were having a conversation just before we went on air. It's like, wow, I feel like we're just 
treading water or just like pushing water up a hill sometimes when you're trying to make things happen. But then it's that ability to think, do you know what? We need to just tweak this. Maybe not do that as much or do a little bit more of this. Or we might need a whole new direction or a whole new market because we, we've we been doing the podcast now for, like I said, just over four years. And it started out, uh, we laugh about this. We've mentioned this a few times on the podcast now, haven't we, Dan, about we, our first name for the podcast was In the Studio with the Edutech Project. Yeah, that, yeah, that is actually the name of the catchy. podcast. That Very catchy. <laughs> it didn't take as long to uh, to say it. Um, in fact, it was pretty much a, a, a podcast length to say the title of the thing, especially if we had a, if a guest or two. Um, and so so we, we, we thought that this, the EduTech project was like, oh, this is Edgy, because we're talking about EdTech and everybody else used EdTech and we used EduTech and we thought, oh, it's a little bit different. And and then we pivoted and we became EduFuturist. And then we had the conversation about bringing other people on. And then actually it used to be, our, our podcast used to be all about tech. And about using technology in education, and about why it's important to use technology. And then, but it never really sat right with us, did it, Dan? It was never really what we were just what we were about. So we went into the idea about, well, broadly the system is um, is messed up, and that's just a, a a nice way to put it. We know that the education system is not in a good place, in certainly in the UK, but around the world. So we need to look at what could be the case, what could happen. That, that, that hopeful future for assessment, for technology, for culture, for teacher training, for everything. And that's where it pivoted. And we started to see a little bit of traction. Now we're asking a question again. Is this, is it this? Are we broad? Are we are we really going at these juggernauts that are the DFE and the off-qual and all these other places? Is that a good place to go? Uh, but we'll, we'll see. And it's about that ability to be, like you said, about perseverance and about resilience, isn't it? And about seeing... Yeah. Why? Why you do what you do, and the, and as soon as you're doing the why, is you've got and you can then kind of get through that that how and that what, can't you? That's it. And I think actually, like people are always going on and on about having passion for a business is really important. But I think lots of people think that having a passion for a business therefore equals if you are it, like the level of passion that you have for your business equals the level of success that you're going to get. But that I really don't think that's it. I think the level of passion that you have equals the amount of perseverance and resilience that you will, <laughs> I guess, kind of have. And therefore, how long you will be willing to put up with a business that has to change all the time. And that's it. I think, you know, the passion that you guys have for the cause for the podcast is exactly what will keep you being like, okay, let's change it. Let's pivot it. It's fine. Like, just one more time. Just one more time. Just one more time. And then eventually, you know, like, that's you'll get the result that you want. Like, that's exactly what's happened with us. Yeah. So what? So what is the passion? What's What's the passion that drives Eric? What's, what's your your why in in all of this? Well, I think <laughs> May and I like we have the same core passion, I think, but then we have different drives for having reasons for having that passion. I think that's what's so unique about our relationship. Um, May, you go. <laughs> what's yours? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I think it's like just looking back at, you know, yourself when you were younger and, and just seeing mini you and you're like, what what do I wish that I had more of? And, and um, for me, obviously, representation is huge. Like, I was born in the UK, uh, but was literally the only Asian girl at my school. Um, and I just didn't have any role models to look up to when it came to careers you know or, or leaders or um all of that kind of support and I think it took me so long to find my identity be comfortable in my you know skin and really be confident in myself so yeah I think it's just it's it's looking at the young people today and the kids at school and you're like I just want them to access all of the information that they they you know deserve and find people that they can relate to um and be the best version of themselves basically it just took me so long <laughs> yeah um and then i think so for me i think um i have always been a learner by doing and i don't think that i was enabled to do that at school at all it was like 
you're disruptive, <laughs> you're too loud. You know, like literally preach, have that preach. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are two peas in a pod, I can see. But like it is literally exhausting, I think, hearing how loud I am. I know how loud I am. I don't need people to tell me all the time. And like when I was at school, like it was literally like perpetual. It was like, you're such a distraction, you're so loud, you're, you need to sit down, and it's like I, I physically don't know how I can do that. Like, and But instead of, I guess, kind of allowing me to lean into that and being like, okay, like you obviously are not good in the classroom environment. You're obviously better at learning with your hands. Like you're obviously much more like project focused. Like you're obviously not very, I'm shit at reading. Like I'm so bad at reading, but it's like, there's no other mediums in school that you're allowed to do. Like <laughs> you get to watch a video like once a term and then like the rest of it is reading. And it's like all of those kind of micro frustrations just built up like for me. And I was just like, I felt like I was never allowed to like actually be myself. And also I was never allowed to get the best out of myself as well. And it was like, I tried going to uni, which, you know, I should never have done. I lasted for about just under a year and then left, um, which is fine. Absolutely fine. But, you know, I wasted a year of my life, I feel, you know, <laughs> which is annoying. And so it's like all these things that, I was trying, I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And it, you know, after I left education, I was like, oh, actually, there are so many other ways of learning. There are so many careers that I actually am really good at. Just because I'm not academic doesn't mean that I'm going to like never be a success and I'll never, you know, like get a job that I enjoy. And so for me, like that is absolutely my drive. I just really want like young people to understand that you don't have to follow this. You don't have to you don't have to be a square uh, square peg. You don't have to be a round hole fitting a round peg fitting into a round hole. Got that, guys. Sorry. Uh, do, do you do you know that my business is called Round Peg Square Holes? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Oh it is. my god! Well, I actually think we might be kindred spirits. This is maybe maybe maybe, maybe. I, I set it up and called it Round Peg Square Holes because somebody said that I don't fit in education. I'm like a round peg in a square hole. No, a square peg in a round hole, and I just went. Uh, okay, love that. So I flipped it around and called my business round pegs square holes. So yeah. Oh my god! Can Look I at that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think I think I think you are the the round peg, the round peg, Sam. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's interesting. You so, so the why it comes from there in that this 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 idea. There's a personal why, isn't there? there's an emotive why, there's an identity why um, for both of you. But then there's also there must be a better way to do this. Um, and I, 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 Dan, I won't speak for Dan, but I know that Dan is a, was a, before he got the current job, looked after careers, didn't you, Dan? Um, in school, so that'll lead us nicely, it. lead us nicely into he, he, he did it really well, though. He wasn't like traditional careers education, Dan was the best careers <laughs> educator you've ever seen in your whole life. Uh, um, but I think we'll, we'll and we'll get into that. So, Eric was birthed out of this why. Um, and by the way, the social media that you did around Eric being birthed, I genuinely, genuinely thought you were holding a baby. Uh, I, I, no, I did. I did. I, I didn't I didn't know what Eric was. I didn't know why it was called Eric. And he had no idea. And we'll get into that in a moment, hopefully. But Ed said that you that you were doing this app thing. Um, and I was like, there was a, there's a LinkedIn post about um me and Sam have had a baby. Uh, I was like, oh, great, lovely. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I thought you, and you're holding, you're holding a bit on, if anybody's not seen it, you need to find this picture. You're holding what looks like a baby in your arms and actually it is a mobile phone with the Eric app on it. So Eric was birthed literally um, from me and Sam's why. Talk to us about Eric. In fact, can we, can we, can we start with why Eric? Because that's you must get asked that question a million times. Yeah. Why did you call it Eric? I know. So the thing is, it's not a very interesting story. That's why we don't really <laughs> like to tell anyone. It's quite boring. It's it's essentially an acronym. So it stands for Empower, Represent, Immerse, Create, which is like the journey that we want young people to go through. Um, but yeah, we just kind of came up with those words, put them together. We had rice at one point, and then Eric <laughs> came about, and, and we just thought it was actually really funny because. You should have called it rice. You should have called it rice. <laughs> you should have called it rice. Why do you call it rice? 
Well, we thought people would be very confused when they turned up. They'd be like, oh, this was, was a rice festival. festival. Yeah, because this was for the festival. So we were like, rice festival? People are going to get that wrong. <laughs> love it, love it. It's so funny. Did you get anybody dressing up as like Eric the Red or Eric the Viking or Eric Cantona? <laughs> None of those things. No. <laughs> I don't know how you would dress up as Eric Cantona. He's just like a normal. You, you just, you, or you just put your uh, collar up, and then you become Eric Cantona. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry, carry on. You were telling the story about that Eric means that. Sorry. No, yeah, and then yeah, we just came up with those words that we, you know, we we thought that we represented, and then Eric came about, and we we were just it, honestly, it, I think we came up with the name in ten minutes, <laughs> yeah. and then we were like, yeah, that sounds that sounds hilarious. Love it, and we we really like. Ted, you know, Ted talks a name and yeah, just kind of came from there. Yeah. Is that is Ted an acronym? I didn't know that. Yeah, yes. I think it's technology. Education. I, I, I think it's education and design. I think that's it. It's either technology, mm, education, yeah. design or technology, engineering and design. I never know which one. Yeah. But it is, yeah, it is an acronym. Wow. So what, so, so <laughs> what, well, yeah. <laughs> Ben's trying to talk, he's on mute. Technology, entertainment, and design. It's not oh, entertainment. Oh god, I've been getting that wrong. I've, I had, I came up. I think it would be education. Oh no, it's so. Some people said technology, edu- entertainment. Actually, some other people say it's ten. No, oh sorry, on Ted, it's technology, education, design. Sorry. Oh, sorry. education. <laughs> um, Petition for it to be. Google. Because <laughs> it's because I went. It's because I went on Google and looked for it there. Someone's changed the Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh dear. So, so what is it? So, what is Eric then? So, we we know it started out as as yes. a blog, then it was a, a festival. But so, w- what is this app now? What, what, and what can yeah? Who's it for, and and what can be done with it? Yes. Okay. So, um, our Eric has always been giving career education about the creative industries to young people. Like that's always been the message. Um, it's just the vehicle has changed over time. Um, so. In its current format with the app, um, what we do is we actually aggregate all of the best career content from across the internet that is about careers in the creative industries. And then we categorize everything, we link to it all on the app, and we allow people to basically be able to find the relevant stuff for them at the touch of a button, which is apparently a consistent issue that young people have when searching the internet is trying to find career advice that's good for you is like finding a needle in a haystack. So <laughs> that's the problem that we're solving. So are you, are you constantly just on the lookout for good content out there? Is that how that works? And then you collating this and, and putting it, linking it in the app? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, we have a good. content scout in-house, which is great, and a content curator as well to make sure that it's not just like literally anything (laughs) or like damaging um and then our um community as well our community of young people who do use the app already and we have quite a loyal community of young creatives they actually submit content as well so they recommend content that they found really good for them so it's kind of a use generated and then off the back of that we um kind of collect you know valuable insights and we share that with companies so that could be employers or educators who are creating um you know content resources for young people so they finally have that feedback loop to be like okay what areas are young people interested in and then they can actually make better outreach content make better courses Um, employers can use that you know data and insights to um, also create content to educate young people around around their industry, around who they are. So um, yeah, it really kind of just is that data feedback loop to really help everyone in that space. So if you're a company who gets these insights, are you? Are, is that then that they are um, perhaps, they're getting insights to say, this is what young people are interested in. This is what the skills that they've got. This is, and then therefore creating jobs around that and, and, and responsibility around that, or is it? Is it the which one's first? Which one's which one's? Is it the tail wagging the dog? Or is it the is it the dog wagging the tail type thing? Because I think sometimes what I found is I worked in uh, higher uh, further education for a while, and careers conversations were very much a sense of this is the 
uh, this is the the LEP information, and this is yeah. the the need in this area, and therefore this is why we need more engineers, and why we need more manufacturers, and why we need more uh, whatever else. And therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to put more courses on to make sure that we we train up more engineers. Um, which way around does it work? It's actually a little bit of both. So I think it, I completely know exactly what you mean. So basically the dog has been wagging the tail for a really long time um, and it's been very one way. Um, and so we're trying to balance out that aspect. So we're trying to get the tail wagging the dog a little bit and then the dog responding to that. And then they're working together on like a more coherent basis. Um, the data that we're collecting is so valuable for schools because it's things like, did you know that young people are love to consume career advice or career guidance content in podcast format? Like these basic things about that will, I guess, enable schools to deliver career advice in like a more coherent format in a more streamlined way that these questions have never been asked before. And that's because career guidance is such a neglected part of the education system. Like, career you know uh, leaders and advisors are doing the best that they possibly can with literally no data no insights and no help at all and so that's what we're trying to do and it just so happens that all of these insights can also be used for employers for them to be able to also outreach more effectively to young people so how in terms of your market is it is it the careers leader is it the school leaders for then them to pass on to their students or do you communicate directly with the the student how do, how does that work so i'm just thinking like ben said before i was in i was in careers education and um uh, yeah i think there's probably the students are probably doing so much more than the schools actually providing them mm-hmm. with and it's and as you as you say resources and schools are, are are spread thin and it's and i know we've got the we've got the gatsby benchmarks now and 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 i think you give you give school a set of benchmarks and they'll they'll do the the minimum to hit the benchmarks because because it's when it's something is seen as a bit like extracurricular or or an add on to the the other stuff that's going to contribute to exams for example it's sometimes difficult and I know not every school is like that and not every college is like that but it's, how do you market and I suppose it's the million dollar question isn't it like any any educational company. Um, finds it really really difficult to 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 get through that door of a school or a college because there's so much competition and because there's other other focuses there going on but so yeah how 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 do you get through the door i guess and 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 who's who are you aiming it towards if that makes sense (laughs) and it helps it helps yeah absolutely both but it helps that the app is completely free for schools and young people to use so that is obviously a highly competitive message that people respond to very positively. Um, so that's a really important thing to stress. Um, we're focusing on the creative industries, which like on top of the fact that just career education in general is a neglected part of the system, creative industry career advice is like non-existent. And so we're providing career leaders with um, a, a topic, an area that they haven't really had access to before. So actually there are, you know, we get so many career advisors and leaders coming to us being like, finally, I'm able to talk about the creative industries to my young people because we have requests for them, but I am not equipped to answer those questions because I haven't got any resources and tools to help me. But then the other area um, where it going direct to students that's actually our background. So our events that we used to do, the reason that they were so successful, we built up a community of like 200,000 young people who were coming to us for these events, which is like nuts. And it's because we positioned ourselves competitively with our branding. So we, we purposefully stray away from the traditional style branding. And we try to make ourselves look like a competitive, like social media platform, because we recognize that that is what young people like and that is what they respond to. So Branding is a huge part of our distribution strategy, and that's why so many young people resonate with it. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll come back to that in just a sec. Uh, We're going to play an advert from our sponsors. Are you struggling to manage your school's Chromebooks and looking for a solution? Check out the Vault episode with the team from Visor for features and why it can make a difference to managing your devices. Visor integrates with the Google Admin Console to keep track of your Chromebook inventory and repairs. For an exclusive Edge of Futurist offer for 20% off for your first year, 
go to visor.cloud slash edu. That's V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash edu. Wow. Wow. When you hear your own voice and it's horrible, um, I've just done that. So, uh, yeah. Um, just, uh, sorry, Dan, I just wanted to jump in with something there because I think it tied in. Me and Dan, you might you might not guess this, you might not know this, but Dan was obviously the careers, but we worked together because we were both religious studies teachers. Yeah, th- most people do that face as well. Most people do that face as if to say, oh, okay. Really? A while ago. Okay. Yeah, a while, a while ago. It's not that long ago, Dan, that you were teaching RE. Yeah, feels like a lot longer. No, mate, it's 12 months ago that you were teaching RE. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was been a pandemic. I was, yeah. 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 I, well, I think, yeah, I was teaching everything by the end. Yeah. Teaching we- business studies. <laughs> yeah, everything. Well, we, we worked together in Accrington. Uh, a, a while ago teaching religious studies and and the reason why i say that is because i am absolutely um with you on the the the, the pain that you feel in terms of creatives because um creatives and humanities well, in fact actually that's not a lie humanities didn't get a real deal religious studies did um geography and history still got included in the e-back but religious studies didn't um, and so anything that wasn't english math science um, maybe a little bit of geography and history and a foreign language was somehow not important anymore. Um, and I felt that uh, as a religious studies teacher, I felt that it had we'd gone from being teaching everybody and everybody doing a GCSE to having one or two options groups and uh, GCSE, and then that whole feeling around whether we should have A levels or whether we shouldn't have A levels in this. Same thing happened to creatives, like the curriculum time dropped down. So, yeah, I know you're talking about careers education, but you're talking about particular careers in the creatives because somehow the we, we've created a, almost a two-tier system, haven't we? Or maybe more than two-tier system within our education system and probably maybe a societal thing as well where STEM is the most important thing in the world or English and maths are the most important GCSEs you can get. They're, worth, they're, they're even worth double in Progress 8, everybody. Maths and English are that important. They're worth double. Um, like, come on. Really? Are they? <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's, the, that's the pain point. So I'll get off my soapbox and let you, let you respond to that. Well, I was going to say it. Yeah, like totally. Art, art is, ne- you know, art creative subjects are definitely neglected at school. But then it's also, you know, the industry's fault as well. Like we can't just blame the education system. Um, you know, I, like I said, was an accountant. I went into finance and the finance industry do a very, very, very good job at, you know, um, outreach. They send great materials to schools. Teachers know exactly what the career pathway is into finance. You know, you do this X, Y, Z. But when it comes to the creative industries, I think it's just, you know, being a very closed off industry. Um, but now the creative industries is really struggling in terms of talent, skills shortages. They're they're one of the well, I think they are the fastest growing sector in the UK. Um, so it's really their time now. But the industry is really desperate for talent, and so now it's like talent. So industry is trying to reach out to um, schools and teachers, and then yeah, hopefully schools and teachers now will feel like they have more. Um, support but I definitely think it needs to be backed up with like actual subjects taught at school it is also absolutely nuts I think that um obviously uh, basically I think to echo what May says the STEM industries have done an incredible job at outreach to schools and equipping schools with the ability to teach their children about careers in those sectors like that is why they have lots of talent coming into that's why they have the best talent you know there's a reason that google gets like all the best developers that have like you know lifelong ambitions to get jobs at google it's because kids at the age of four years old know about google it's been a name on their lips for like the entirety of their lives so brand awareness of those you know i guess kind of those industries that position themselves as early as that is incredibly high and they get so many young people applying for their jobs but it's insane because the reason that you know like there's so much um emphasis on stem at the moment is because um you know we've all got that messaging that the majority of jobs in the future are going to be stem based 
60% of kids at primary school now will have jobs that are hybrids of creative and STEM. So creativity is just as important for the future. But exactly what May says, the creative industries have done the world's worst job at reaching out to young people as early as STEM. So they have lost out on that talent. And now they aren't, they're at an absolute shit show. Like it's a disaster. And they're all scrabbling around for talent, trying to find these short-term solutions. The only solution that works is educating kids in school about their career options within your industry. Yeah, I think it's interesting, the recruiting talent and the talent shortage. Like um, I worked in, I, I did that silly thing of going from one extreme to the other. So we talked, I did about religious studies, make belief into like concrete things, digital, um, uh, like not, not the correct, you know, like the total opposite ends of the spectrum and the digital skill shortage in the UK, particularly in the UK is just off the charts. Um, in, in comparison, they, at one point they, they were talking about there were 50,000 few, too few people for the jobs that needed filling. Uh, and, and, and that is just like, so we haven't got coders, we haven't got digital marketing, we haven't got creatives, we haven't got designers, we haven't got enough of them. And and it's in in that in terms of that kind of what we're talking about there, that I, I don't want to go on like a finger point and say, well, it was because um we didn't have a focus on this and the education secretaries didn't do that, and they all had this, there was this uh pressure from industry that said we needed more of this and britain needs to be an industrial nation and all those kind of things but there are there are some things that we we, we probably need to to consider creating some benchmarks and saying these you're going to be judged against this by by austin and by something else is, is is one step um but ultimately and i think we we all agree this um that you, you've got to put your money where your mouth is and the funding cuts in real time to this element in our education system are um, are horrendous, and that ne- that needs to be addressed. Massively, massively, yeah. I think we just undervalue creativity in general as a as a society, which is horrific, especially considering it's one of the UK's biggest exports. Like, we should really be encouraging kids. We should be ploughing as much money into it as possible at school, but for some reason. The government doesn't seem to value it at all and it's depressing so depressing we were like i was so shocked when i heard you know when i found out actually the reality of funding and you know how much money and time and resources that career leaders get i think before coming into this you know that was something that we we didn't really know we were kind of coming into it from a being a young person ourselves um and yeah we've just done so much research um you know actually asking people what it's like, you know, on the ground, and it's it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. Yeah, it's, it's usually some teachers got a, a TLA, haven't they, to, for responsibility for it, and they've got to somehow do all the work experience, do all the careers, do all that. It's it's just it's just it's, it's um yeah it's, it's a massive shame. I think you you. you what you're trying to do is trying to disrupt that industry, isn't it? And we've talked about disruption. We talk about positive disruption a lot on the podcast because we think actually we we shouldn't settle for the status quo. Uh, we talk about Dan Miller's formula for change, about dissatisfaction with the status quo is the most important thing that's going to lead to change um, as long as we've got next steps and that overcomes the resistance to the change. I think the whole concept here that we're talking about is... Um, is we want to do something that's positive and then disrupt as well. So so in terms of disruptors, you've obviously done disruption. You're doing things and you've done things like festivals and whatever else. Why, why, why do you think that disruption, why does it matter? Um, other than the fact of if we don't, we're going to be screwed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got to progress as a society, right? Um I also think like we're entering an age where we're kind of finally, I feel, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like no one was really comfortable with technology before, but like we're finally getting to a point as a society where we're like, oh, okay. Like we're balancing out, you know, we're like, oh, this is what you can do with it. This is what we can explore with it. Like, why haven't we done this? And then also like getting over that extreme excess like you know uh, the gluttony of things like social media we're beginning to have conversations around like okay how how can we have technology in a society but actually 
use it effectively and you know safeguard and all of these like important conversations we're, yeah we're like past the point of gluttony and we're like now entering a phase of okay like let's be balanced about this now and I think like there are now that we're all kind of like stepping out of this kind of like ah, you know area I think there um people are definitely beginning to like see areas of the economy or see areas of society that should be streamlined by technology and should have been done by now but haven't been and for us career education is one of those like absolute places where technology has not enabled that sector at all if anything it's been a bit of a hindrance because it's just added more noise to something that was already quite chaotic and so for us like disruption is about streamlining you know innovation is about efficiency and so that's that's our kind of that's what we want this product to do that's what we want to be able to like I guess give people is an ability to be more coherent as a result of technology yeah and I think anything coming again coming from that area of careers education anything that's gonna kind of take some work out of that careers leader's hands and something that they can just go here you go download this have a have a go of it is is, is massively helpful and and i suppose those students are going to do that they're gonna they're gonna search for things they're gonna they're gonna go and find the information themselves so the the fact that you guys have come up with with an app that collates that for them and and makes makes valuable things easy to find so they can cut through the crap as well as is as i'm sure um going to be hugely value valuable to them so how do how do people access the app is it just is it available on on all good app stores yeah how does, how does it work? and google play store android basically android and ios and you can just okay. search for eric eric careers the eric careers which come up Fantastic. I'm going to do it now while Ben asks the last question. <laughs> so just as we kind of bring it to a, to a close, I think um, I saw something that you'd written really recently that said about, um, and you're writing a, a LinkedIn post about engineering, and it said industries need to, see, look, I do do my research. Like I know I sound <laughs> like I wing it. I've done some research. Industries need to get involved in career education through schools, but – and this is, the, this is the bit I really like, they also need to make it an attractive proposition to parents. And I think that's not just about, that's not just engineering, that is just everything. And I, I, I think, May, you talked about earlier, um, culturally, there was an acceptance that you could have three careers. Um, I have two young girls um, who are seven and 11. Um, and we're now having that conversation with my 11-year-old, who, who literally is one of those kids that could probably go and do anything. Uh, I don't mean that like cockily, but she's she 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 could, and now she's like, Dad, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I'm. Like, I'm good at this. I like this. I want to be. She wants to be an Olympic swimmer. That's what she wants to be. Uh, she Amazing. and she and she's doing okay. She's doing well. She's doing doing well for for her age and whatever else. The question is, like, how do industries? And this is where this is a big existential question. How do we get careers education into the hands of parents? So that so because the biggest st stumbling block for a lot of our children on two fronts is the parents that don't give a shit and the children go away and do something and then waste their lives and end up doing a job that they hate for life or end up doing 27 jobs before the before the 45 or on the other side those parents were like you will do this you must do this and i think that's that's i had a little bit of the wrong side my mum and dad were like yeah go on do what you want to do they love me they let me do what i want they, they took, sent me to a grammar school and then got a scholarship to go and do all that kind of stuff and that was all great but they didn't really push me so what do we do for parents what do we do with parents well i think no really good really good point and i think like it comes down back to the career leaders as well like career leaders and parents cannot know every single career out there like do you know what i mean they just they just physically can't and the amount of new jobs new careers new industries coming out like i think there's a stat like says like 70 percent of jobs haven't even been invented yet um so it's not i think it's just the tool it's the tool and the tech you know the platform that teachers and parents can use so it's just enabling them to have those conversations um, and have a place to to signpost their you know kids to, um, 
but yeah, I, I guess it's also just educating parents on on like what the tools are around them that they can use. Yes, thank you, Sam. Anything you want to finish with? Have you anything you want to say? Because I'm, I, I know that you've been really good there. You've sat down quietly and listened to me uh, through that last answer, and it looked like you were you were, you sat on your hands like I wanted to say something. <laughs> I was like, normally Sam kind of comes in and then find like wraps up the. Uh... I always have something to say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem. <laughs> I see you up though. Do you know what I mean? I'm like. No, May. May says it all very coherently. Then I'm like, so just to copy exactly what May said, but in like a longer format. <laughs> um, no, I think it's so important to educate parents. That's like a, a whole nother piece. That's Eric 2.0, guys. So <laughs> just stay tuned. It could be Ernie. Ernie. Eric and Ernie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you had it in the past. We might get um, Erica in there somewhere. Erica and Eric. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that, that's that's a good idea. See what you've done there. Very good. Well, <laughs> mate, Sam, thank you very much for um, being with us this evening. Thank you for sharing about the, your passion around this. And I think there's a bravery that sits in that as well that goes, mm, I've got this, this career that I can go with or... I could try and do something pioneering. So, thank you for thank you for pushing the boat on that, and thank you for uh, for joining us today. I think um, I don't think this will be the last that we have as a conversation, but I think uh, for our listeners, whereas we talk about this, we, we talk about this thing about the future of education and what what we've got to prepare students for jobs that don't really exist yet, and all that kind of stuff. As you're listening to stuff like this, especially if you've got children of your own or you're working with uh, in schools and colleges. Do check this out and find out about how it can help you do the work you do. So check out Eric app on all the good um, app stores that exist. I don't even know what I'm going to say there. Dan, do you want to do you want to do the do you want to do the bits that you need to do in terms of like all the uh, subscribe, all that kind of stuff? Oh, also, sorry, I was going to just add in there that um, we do have a newsletter that goes out to teachers, uh, career leaders, educators. So if you go on our website. Um, you can sign up to that. We'll also put that in the show notes if anybody, if uh, if you, so if you want to sign up for that as well. As long as you don't choose their newsletter over our newsletter, that's fine. <laughs> if you if you're only choosing one, you have to make sure you listen to the Futures newsletter. <laughs> we'll kidding, we'll plug your newsletter on our next newsletter. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Love it. That's brilliant. No, you'll be in our next newsletter. So uh, yeah, subscribe if you want to know more about Eric. And uh, yeah. Uh, it's been great, May and Sam. Um, full of enthusiasm, and it's great to see that the that innovation in this area is is happening. Um, I think it, it benefit benefits everyone involved, um, and none more so than than the learners. So, thank you for all you're doing, and it was fantastic to talk to you. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you.